0: Brothers and sisters, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to speak to you this morning. Alinda and I express our love to each of you. You are always in our thoughts and in our prayers. And our hope and wish for each of you as we begin a new semester and a new year is that your lives will be filled with joy and happiness and success. And Sister Cush has taught you very well how to do that. There are things within our reach, regardless of the challenging circumstances that surround us, locally and globally that will contribute to our happiness. There are experiences throughout life that we may never forget. There are also many things that fade from our memories over time, and there are probably things that we would rather forget, but for a variety of reasons, we don't. We might hear a song, and it takes us back to a time and a place. In the Mexico-Cornavaca mission, we sang Hark All Ye Nations at the conclusion of every meeting we did so with a future purpose in mind. It was our hope that whenever one of our missionaries heard or sung that hymn for the rest of their lives, it would cause them to reflect on their missionary service and they would once again feel the spirit of everything wonderful they experienced. We take pictures of vacations and family gatherings to remind us of places we have visited and cherish times with children and other family members. I will not forget, Nor will it ever be forgotten that on our first date, I forgot Sister Cush's name. Just a few weeks ago, I communicated with a former missionary companion for the very first time in a very long time. And it brought back some very special memories of the time we spent together preaching the gospel in Central America. President Nelson's recent invitation to express gratitude was an invitation for each of us to think about who and what we are grateful for. He counseled us that counting our blessings is far better than recounting our problems. The scriptures contain over 400 references that include the word remember or some derivative of the word. Particularly in the Book of Mormon, we are encouraged to remember God, to remember his mercy, to remember how he delivered the righteous from bondage, from danger, and how He guided chosen groups to a new and promised land. As the resurrected Savior instituted the sacrament during His time among the Nephites, He taught them about remembrance of His body and His blood, and how doing so worthily would stand as a testimony to the Father that they always remembered the Son, and He included the promised blessing of the Holy Ghost for doing so. Clearly, remembering God and Jesus Christ should be an intentional part of our personal worship. Alma the Younger never forgot what he experienced following the visit of the angel, calling him and the sons of Mosiah to repentance. In the midst of his torment, he remembered his father's prophecies regarding the coming of Christ. He testified that as he looked to the Savior for mercy and forgiveness, he could remember his pains no more. The lessons he learned about the healing and forgiving power of the Savior's atonement not only blessed him and those in his time, but they continued to bless us in our time. Following their own powerful conversion, King Benjamin admonished his people to always retain in remembrance the greatness of God. Revelation given in our day teaches us to remember that the worth of souls is great, in the sight of God. And to that I would add, remember that the worth of your soul is great in the sight of God. And behold, he who has repented of his sins, the same is forgiven. And I, the Lord, remember them no more. Our personal and intentional remembering benefits us even more when we add time to reflect and to ponder and to record the personal revelation that God is willing to give us. Our effort to reflect and ponder allows the Holy Ghost to teach us important lessons and prepares us to learn and be taught new things. There is power in remembering. There is purpose in reflecting and pondering. And remembering, reflecting, and pondering encourage us to act, to repent, and to change. Recording what we learned is a demonstration of gratitude, a witness of testimony, a commitment to act, and can be an essential resource to helping us and others in the future. Significant events are associated with remembering, reflecting, and pondering. Luke records that following the Savior's birth and the visit from the shepherds, that Mary pondered these things in her heart. In describing the life-changing effect that James 1.5 had on him, Joseph Smith recorded that he reflected on it again and again. His deep reflecting led him to act, and thus began the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ in these latter days. Enos was inspired by the words of his father Jacob, which had sunk deep into his heart. Pondering can follow instruction or significant experiences, but it also is preparatory for receiving more. Following six chapters of instruction by the Savior in 3rd Nephi, he sent the people home to ponder on the things he said, to pray to the Father for understanding and to prepare their minds for the next day when he would again come to teach them. But before they left for their homes, two more chapters record the miracles of healing, the Savior's powerful prayer, the miraculous angelic ministry to the little children, and the institution of the sacrament. Preparatory to receiving the remarkable vision on the redemption of the dead that we know today as Section 138 of the Doctrine and Covenants, President Joseph F. Smith said he was sitting in his room pondering over the scriptures. Pondering is an essential element of the learning pattern at Ensign College. Learners are invited to think about ways to apply and integrate secular knowledge with gospel truths, helping them to internalize the concepts that are being learned. Each week as we partake of the sacrament, we remember the covenants we have made. We reflect upon the Savior's atoning sacrifice. We ponder our own standing before the Lord and we renew our desire to repent and to change and to improve. Before seeking to know the truth of the Book of Mormon and of all things, Moroni exhorts us to remember God's mercy to his children from the time of Adam and to ponder it in our hearts. As Alma's father, Alma, was seeking the Lord's guidance on how to judge the rebellious of the rising generation, he received inspired guidance, which he wrote down, that he might judge the people of the church according to the commandments of God. Now I have cited examples from the scriptures, but you and I should have our own personal collection of things to remember and important lessons that we have learned. As we reflect and ponder on them, The Lord will continue to teach us in important ways. This is an essential element in receiving personal revelation. It is how the Lord quickens our understanding. I have reflected time and time again on my five years of full-time missionary service. As I have pondered those experiences, I remember important things that I have learned about priesthood power, about listening to and acting upon the promptings of the Holy Ghost. And my heart is filled with joy when I remember those who accepted the invitation to come unto Christ and enter the waters of baptism and who continue faithfully on the covenant path." Now, reaching several recent personal milestones has prompted me to remember, reflect, and ponder on experiences and important lessons that I have learned. They are too numerous to mention in one devotional message, but I want to share five. The first, you are going to have disappointments in life. Appreciate them. It just may be the Lord's way of preparing you for even greater blessings. Two, helping someone else achieve or accomplish something is heroic. Three, wherever you are now is the best place you've ever been. Four, Seek the forgiveness of someone you may have wronged before it's too late. And five, the Lord's timing matters a lot. So lesson number one. Elder Hugh B. Brown, who served as a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles in the First Presidency, told of an experience he had while serving in the British Army. Years earlier, on his farm in Canada, he had pruned an overgrown current bush down to nothing but stubs, knowing that such drastic action would eventually allow the current bush to be laden with delicious fruit. Elder Brown said at the time he could almost hear that current bush say, how could you do this to me? He responded, I am the gardener here and I know what I want you to be. Someday when you are laden with fruit, you are going to say thank you, Mr. Gardener, for loving me enough to cut me down, for caring enough about me to hurt me. Thank you, Mr. Gardner. Well, years passed and Elder Brown held the rank of field officer in the British Canadian Army. He had worked hard and he was proud of his accomplishments. In fact, he was in line to become a general, which he wanted very, very badly. He was prepared. He had proven himself. He had seniority. Well, one day he received notice from the general in charge of all Canadian forces to report to his office the next morning. Certain that this was to inform him of his promotion. He was bitterly disappointed to learn that the position would be given to another simply because he was a Latter-day Saint. Afterwards, in a quiet moment, he angrily shook his fist towards heaven and said, How could you do this to me, God? And then he heard a voice. It was his own, saying, I am the gardener here. I know what I want you to do. And at that moment, the bitterness left. He fell to his knees and arose a more humble and grateful man who was to become a mighty servant of the Lord. Lesson number two, helping someone else achieve or accomplish something is heroic. When our youngest daughter was in the eighth grade, she wanted to participate in a school trip to the East Coast. We told her she could as long as she earned the money to pay for it. Her best option turned out to be an early morning paper route, but she would need help. Nearly every weekday morning for the entire school year, my daughter and I sat on the cold floor of our garage, folding over 100 newspapers, which we would load into my Volkswagen Jetta to deliver. My daughter would do one side of the street while I did the other. This became sacred time for us. We talked about a lot of things. We listened to the same radio station every morning. We laughed a lot and occasionally cried too. She earned every penny that was needed and we celebrated her accomplishment. Well, this daughter is the mother of three now and a little over a year ago when her teenage daughter wanted to go on a school trip to the East Coast. Our daughter helped hers raise all the needed funds by making and selling homemade French bread and cinnamon rolls. I hope that everyone who is listening to this message can reflect on someone who has helped them achieve or accomplish something. One's real value in the kingdom of God can be measured by what they do to help and lift others. Those who serve others in quiet Christ-like ways are the true heroes and heroines. They do what they do out of pure love. They seek no praise or recognition. We need more of them in the world today. Strive to be one. Lesson number three, wherever you are now is the best place that you've ever been. On our final evening in the MTC before leaving for Mexico, a banquet was held. Sister Kush and I had the opportunity to sit at the same table with Elder David A. Bednar and his wife, Susan. In the course of conversation, I asked Elder Bednar a question and given the speed of his response, It was obvious he had been asked the question many times before. I said, Elder Bednar, you've now been a member of the Quorum of the Twelve for eight years. You've traveled and met Latter-day Saints all over the world. Of all the places you have been, which one is your favorite? He quickly replied, the last one where I was, because that's where the Lord sent me. Elder Bednar's response taught me a great lesson which we regularly taught to our missionaries. Wherever you are is your favorite area that you've ever served in because that's where the Lord sent you. The mission you are assigned to is the best in the whole church because that's where he sent you through an inspired apostolic assignment. Ensign College is the best school in the world for you because that's where the Lord has led you to be a student. Best or favorite has little to do with location, or majors, or even reputation, and everything to do with knowing you are where the Lord wants you to be. Lesson number four, seek the forgiveness of someone you may have wronged before it's too late. I had the same early morning seminary teacher in my Southern California ward for all my years of seminary. Her name was Myrtle Housekeeper. This is a family I won't ever forget Her husband, Boyd, served as the financial clerk in our ward for many years. As a child, I remember paying my tithing and fast offering to Boyd Housekeeper. And as a very young bishop in that same ward, Boyd was still the financial clerk. Their son, Roger, baptized me. And every little boy in the ward had a crush on their beautiful daughter, Lana. We knew that Sister Housekeeper loved us. We could feel it but I am not sure we appreciated it as we should have. She was one of the happiest people I've ever known. She always had a smile on her face. She was not very big physically, but her testimony of the gospel knew no bounds. Early morning after early morning, she did her very best to get the gospel deep down into our hearts. Now I must confess that there were days I was probably not the most model and obedient student in Sister Housekeeper's class. I didn't pay attention as I should have. I may not have always shown her the respect that she deserved. And as happens with some, if not many of us, upon arrival in the mission field, as a young missionary I began to recognize my immature ways and began to feel remorse and a desire to make amends. And I wanted to reach out to Myrtle Housekeeper and tell her that I was sorry I had not been a better student, to thank her for being such a great teacher and to acknowledge the positive impact she had had on me. But I never got the chance. I wrote home asking for her address, only to get a reply from my mother that Myrtle Housekeeper had recently passed away losing a battle to cancer. How I wished then and how I wish now, I had not waited. Lesson number five, the Lord's timing matters a lot. 2020 was a remarkable year in the history of Ensign College. Historic changes were announced last February that have been and are being implemented. The decisions were made by prophets, seers, and revelators. They were not made quickly or casually, but were years in the making, dating back in some cases to more than a decade. Now, this is what I know and bear testimony of with the kind of perfect knowledge Alma describes in the Book of Mormon. When we act in and with faith in the Savior, when we are in alignment with the Lord's will, with His anointed prophets, and in accordance with the Lord's timing, we will witness the literal fulfillment of His promises in Doctrine and Covenants, section 84, verse 88. For I will go before your face, I will be on your right hand, and on your left, and my spirit shall be in your hearts, and mine angels round about you to bear you up." So brothers and sisters, I invite you to remember. I invite you to reflect. I invite you to ponder. I invite you to record the important things the Lord teaches you. And I invite you to act promptly on the impressions you will receive from the Holy Ghost. Doing so will lead you closer to God As you hear him. Remembering God and his blessings is an important and essential part of our personal worship. Not remembering, even forgetting God, is a bigger problem than not knowing him at all. May we ever remember him and his holy son is my prayer for us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.